city. And as we began to do that work, we realized that food was a, a way to really bring people together and to connect on multiple issues related to the environment, as well as education uh, and health. And so the more we sort of dug into this focus on health, we understood that it was important to bring um, people the opportunities and the resources they need to utilize their own agency, right? To utilize the power they already had to transform their material conditions. So in consultation with three people and some others, we decided to launch a fruit tree distribution program. And over the course of, I think, four or five years, distributed close to 56, distributed and or planted close to 5,600 fruit and shade trees in and throughout the city of Inglewood, surrounding areas, South LA, Hawthorne, Lennox, etc. From there, we understood how valuable it was to provide access to these assets in our community. But then beyond that, realized that it wasn't just about access, that ultimately there were things that were shaping the food environment, shaping the food landscape, and shaping our environmental landscape. And so we began to dig a little bit deeper on these sort of determinants, these social determinants that were affecting our health. Um, and as we began to see those determinants, we realized that we, we really need to take this sort of whole systems approach. We looked at our friends over in Linux and they had done some community planning work and we looked at uh, what the city of LA was doing with their neighborhood councils and their planning efforts. And the city here in Inglewood was also undergoing an energy climate action plan. And uh, we looked at what they were doing in San Diego around the obesity action plan. And we said, we need to do some planning here in Inglewood for our community. But let's think about uh, sort of whole community planning and identify these settings, these things, these areas that we cared about like urban green, food and agriculture, energy and waste and water, because we're in the midst of a water crisis, you all know that, right? We're trying to grow, we're trying to, you know, uh, if we want to grow food, we need access to land. So how do you get access to land if you don't address land use policy, right? You don't, and as we're addressing land use policy, we came to realize that, well, this area might be zoned manufacturing, so you can't really put a garden there. So we have to think about um, and whether or not that garden is in the LAX flight path. So now we gotta start thinking about air quality, right? And as we realized this intersection between these issues, we began to understand how valuable it was to have efforts where our community members um, took charge of their own um, experience in the community, identified what, what their vision and what their goals were, and established goals in each of those areas. Hence, really, in many ways, what, what uh, uh, became this green plan that we're here to talk about today and celebrate today. Since then, um, we've been able to successfully launch the green plan for tree people. I'm gonna end up introducing them very, very, very shortly. Uh, as well as our colleagues from um, SWA, which is a landscape architecture firm, or an architecture firm. Uh, and then as well as Rebecca from EWC Consulting. Um, and so we've been able to launch this effort in conjunction with the City of Inglewood at our, at our Earth Day event last year and begin to put it on folks' radar. Um, but because I think in many ways the city's priorities has been focused on development, uh, primarily economic development with this NFL stadium and now this new Clippers arena and you know building X and building Y and economic this and economic Y, one of the things we found is that it's often very difficult to get them to listen to uh, efforts that are not only community-led, but efforts that are centered on taking care of the needs of the residents that are here as they see it. So there's a very sort of paternalistic approach to how this work is being done, i.e. we are your leaders, we know what's best for you, and this is what we're gonna do for you on your behalf. This process was a community-led, community-based organization-led, design-shredded effort that came from people on the ground. It was a grassroots-led effort, right? In many ways, we recognize how important that is, because it's when you get authentic community participation, authentic community leadership, and so our goal has been to facilitate and foment authentic community leadership and agency. So, that brings us to today. We are here today to talk about our next steps as it relates to the Green Plan. And we're here to talk about how we're gonna to continue to facilitate this authentic community engagement and make sure that not only our voice is heard, but that the issues and the opportunities that are before us uh, are presented to our, 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 our um, elected leadership in the city, but that we also identify the things that we can do regardless. Right? That we recognize that we have power and that we really don't, power is not bestowed upon us, it's something that we're, we already have and that there are things we can do in our community. So um, I present before you uh, not only some of these examples of our green plan, but um, also sort of one of the areas that we landed on and that's a focus on water because water has become a significantly pressing issue and so we have some special guests here to talk to us about that today. So with that being said, I'm just gonna ask briefly that we go around, we do a round of introductions and I'm going to turn it over to our friends, uh, Edith. Let's talk about the 
little bit. I know when I go to the grocery store, sometimes it can be daunting. I have a whole family to feed. It's myself and my kids, my partner. You're thinking about your work day and all the other different things that you have going on in the day. And you're trying to figure out, well, I only have a finite amount of money. I want to make sure I'm eating healthy. What can I do to make sure that I get the things that I need? Well, let's talk about each section in my plate and what we can literally do at the grocery store to make sure we're not spending too much money, but we're getting the things that we need. One of the things I do before I even walk out of the door to the grocery store is I plan. It is your best bet to go to the grocery store with a list. And everyone's gonna get one of these today. I really like this list because it already has fresh fruits and vegetables pre-populated on your list. And then you can write everything else in. So we know that those are the most important things. But I put together a list, because I know if I go in and I'm just walking up and down the aisles, maybe I have my kids with me, we're gonna pick up stuff that just looks good, right? Because we didn't put any thought into what we actually need for the week. So I always do a list before I go to the grocery store. And yes, sometimes it may take up a little bit of time, but I promise you it's worth it when you look at your receipts going forward and when you look at what you're putting in your body because you put some thought into it. So a list is good, and my second biggest tip Never go to the grocery store on an empty stomach. <laughs> that is the surest way to start buying up a whole bunch of stuff that you don't need because our eyes are always bigger than our stomach. And so we're going to buy bigger portions or things that look sugary and sweet just because we're hungry and we're tired and we're trying to get home and hurry up and eat it. So always eat before you go to the grocery store. Those are my two biggest tips before even starting is prepare. So then let's get back into my plate. We know we're looking for fresh fruits and veggies. It's on our list, we see the icon. What can we do to make sure that we're stretching our dollar as much as possible with that? I like to buy a medley of fresh, frozen, and canned fruits and vegetables, right? Fresh vegetables, always best, right? We know this apple, like we talked about earlier, came right off the tree, got on the tree, got on the truck, got on the truck, got to the grocery store, goes into your body, that's great. But oftentimes, fresh fruits and vegetables can be a little bit expensive. So I like to go with a medley of all three. When you buy frozen and canned fresh fruit, uh, fruits and vegetables, they have the same nutrients that your fresh vegetables have in them. But they've just been canned or frozen at their peak so that they can store for a longer time. Especially when it comes to fresh, nothing else has been added to those fresh fruits or vegetables. Uh, frozen, I'm sorry, all these Fs. Frozen fruits and vegetables have nothing added to them. They've just been flash frozen. So they have the same amount of nutrition that you're getting in your fresh fruits and vegetables. So you'll see even today with the recipe we're using, we're using frozen corn instead of corn on the cob. It was way cheaper. You can keep it in your fridge for a longer period of time and it has the same amount of nutrition, right? Yes, ma'am. Now you talk about the can, it's yes. just as fresh and nutrition, but what about all the chemicals within the can? Right, so let's talk about that a little okay. bit, right? So say you're on a budget, right? You're not gonna necessarily buy all of your fruits and vegetables in a can, right? Because we do know that cans sometimes, they have processing materials in those cans that can make them not healthy for you. But we wanna make sure that you're getting fruits and vegetables however you can. So if that's your option, then we say you gotta go for it. Now what we do when we buy those canned fruits and vegetables is we rinse them strenuously before we use them, right? We have a colander like a spaghetti strainer. Pour your fruit or vegetable, beans, whatever it is into that colander, and you're gonna run it under cool water until you see kind of the froth disappear. And that's a really good way to rinse off the sodium that comes in that can. Cans nowadays are BPA free, so we're not worried about that, and any other processing material that you're worried about. But we just wanna make sure that no matter what your options are, no matter what your budget, you have access of fruits and vegetables. So if canned is the way that you have to go, we're not going to discourage that. Does that make sense? But, uh, got you. but yes, fresh, frozen, and canned. Buying a medley of the three is a really good idea. So I have a graphic here. It may be a little difficult to see, but I'll pass it around so that you can see it later. We took $10 when we went to the grocery store. And if we bought all of our fruits and vegetables fresh, we got about 15 portions of fruits and vegetables for that $10. Mm -hmm. But when we bought a medley, canned, frozen, and fresh vegetables, we got three more servings out of that $10. So you really can stretch. One thing that we do know is stretch your dollar. 
All right, so now we're looking at our grains. And you'll notice that on the MyPlate icon, these grains are brown. And that's because we're encouraging people to choose whole grains as opposed to white grains. Whole grains have fiber in them. And does anybody know what fiber does for the body? Christina. Uh, it helps the digestive system. Very good. Food. Very good. So fiber acts like a broom, right? If you think about your digestive tract, your body absorbs all the nutrients that it needs, gets rid of all the waste that it doesn't need. And that fiber is like the broom to help sweep out all the waste. So when we're eating whole grains, that's the main nutrient that we're getting from that, and it's really good for your digestive system. So what we encourage people to do is try to make at least half of the grains that you eat on a regular basis whole grains. What's that look like at the grocery store? That means we're buying brown rice, we're buying whole wheat breads and whole grain breads, we're buying whole wheat pasta, we're buying whole wheat tortillas. All these different things that you think of actually have whole grain options because grain is the way that it was before it even got white. What about like black rice and stuff like that? Those are all really good options too. Generally the rule is if it has color, it's a good idea when it comes to your grains, right? So even if we go deeper down, things like amaranth and buckwheat, things like that, those are all part of the whole grain family, barley. Those things are really good for you. So black rice, brown rice, red rice, quinoa, all those whole grains are a really good option. Really good option. And you asked about white rice? No, I said black, black rice. Black oh, okay. rice, right. So we know that white rice, it is, it is a grain, right? But it's not going to have as much fiber as those whole grains have in it. Plus it's bleached and white and never been kidney don't process. Thank you so much for adding that. She's absolutely right. That processing that they do to that rice is not really good for the body. So we want to make sure that we're choosing whole grains as much as we can. And one of the things you can do at the grocery store when buying your whole grains is look for the store brand, right? So we know we have those name brands, and I can't name them today, I'm sorry. But your store is also going to have their brand as well. It's usually cheaper. You can usually find it in larger units as well. And so it's going to save you money. And one of the cool things about grains, especially when it comes to rice, quinoa, barley, things like that, they store for a long time. You can buy a bag of rice, put it in the cabinet for who knows how long, and it's going to be okay as long as there's no moisture in it until you use it. Rice also, or, or grains also, because they have so much fiber, they help keep you fuller longer. So you don't need as big of a serving sometimes as you probably thought. They have a lot of carbs, which is the energy that your body's going to use to process, and they fill, they fill you up pretty well. So if you have a meal, remember, put your, hand, put your fist back in the air that you're serving, right? And when I think about a bag of rice, there's usually maybe about four or five cups in that bag of rice. With your fist, you're only going to be having about a half to one cup of rice at a time. So you're really going to be saving a lot, especially once that rice cooks out and it expands by buying whole grains and storing whole grains. Any questions so far? You guys are great. And the same applies with oats as well, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oats are the same way, and they do the same thing. They're part of that whole grain family with that fiber that helps keep you out. And they store about the same, too. Right? They do. Okay. They sure do. So one of the things we like to do with our whole grains, rice is a really good option, like we talked about, it stores well, it's nutritious. How many of you have been to one of those restaurants where they give you a rice bowl? And they've got the rice, and then the veggies on top, and then the meat on top. And let's, how much do you pay for one of those bowls? About six, five, five, six dollars. Right? When I take my family to a, a spot that I can think of familiar, there's four of us, we spend at least like 22 bucks on four rice bowls, right? We could probably purchase a bag of rice for what, maybe like $1.29? Mm -hmm. And then you're buying your fresh vegetables from the grocery store. You can buy your lean protein from the grocery store and create a whole meal for a family, most likely around about $10, right? And that's just for one day. When we talk about stretching the value out, this can go even further. Leftovers for lunch, et cetera, et cetera. So we've got another graphic here. I'll make sure these are available after class. We've got our bowl of rice. We've got our fresh fruits and vegetables that we've added on top. And then if we want, we've got our lean protein that we even add on top of that. And then we season that with fresh herbs and spices. And we've got a really nutritious, healthy, and delicious meal that we've created for probably less than what we would spend at the same, for the same thing at a restaurant. <clears throat> All right, so the top number, we want that to always be nice and large because 
the bigger that top number is, the leaner the meat is. That bottom number is the amount of fat. So when we're choosing our lean meats, we know we're looking for, in that package, that the top number in that fraction should be higher, and as high as it can be, and that bottom number to be low. We're also choosing things like chicken. When we are choosing red meat, we're looking to see how much marbling there is, because more marbling, that means more fat. And we're choosing options like canned um, tuna, canned salmon, eggs, and other options too, like beans. Those are a really great source of protein. So you don't always have to spend so much money at the grocery store when you think about your protein options, right? So um, we can do things like adding canned tuna or canned salmon to our casseroles as opposed to buying fresh sometimes. Right? We can make eggs in lots and lots of different ways because eggs are relatively or very inexpensive per serving and they can last us for a long time. And we're burying our protein. So let's say we're making tacos for a minute. It doesn't have to be all meat in your taco. You could make half of serving beans as well. That's a really great Thank you. 
fibers cause inflammation, which is responsible for most of the diseases in your body. Full of your fresh produce, maybe you have your lettuce, and you have a little bit of fruit. In there, you have your dairy options or your dairy alternative options, and maybe you have a few other treats in there that you choose throughout the week. And you want to know how to store them properly, right? And so here we have a refrigerator model, and this will serve as our countertop because we know that we have to separate our produce because not everything can go into the refrigerator, and oftentimes we tend to think to just throw everything into the refrigerator. But not everything can go in the refrigerator because some of our produce is cold sensitive, right? And we also know that we're placing our food in the refrigerator, I'm trying so that everyone can see it. We want to be mindful of where we're placing it and what we're placing it with. Because we know that some of our foods we go by something called our ethylene. Our ethylene gases are released when we have certain certain things are more sensitive, right? So things like our lettuces or our broccoli, right? Maybe even our cucumbers or our green beans, right? They're more, they're not as sensitive to, or they are sensitive, sorry. They're more sensitive to ethylene gas, right? But we know that things like our apples that Nicole mentioned earlier, or our berries, right? They're ethylene releasers. And so we know that we can't place them in the same place or in the same spot right next to each other in our refrigerator because they will wilt, right? And then that will result in you having wasted your time and your money and your meal planning and your precious produce, right? And we know that a lot of times that, that tends to happen. We have full intentions on eating healthy for the week and then our food wilts or it gets soggy, right? Or it gets brown in the refrigerator. And we think that the refrigerator is the magic thing that's just gonna save all of our produce from you know, spoiling. So we know that our refrigerator serves a significant purpose, right? It slows down the spoilage process, but it does not stop it. And so we want to make sure that we're storing it properly in the right places. And so just to give you a few examples, right? If we're talking about our carrots, right? And so if somebody had to guess, where would you put your carrots in your refrigerator? Or where do you put your carrots in the refrigerator? In the crisper? In the bottom. In the bottom? In the, in the, bottom? Yeah. In the bottom, in the crisper, right? But what would you put with it? Right, and so our lettuce actually, they're also ethylene sensitive, right? So we could place our carrots and our lettuce on the same crisper. And so we could put them all in the same little cupboard right here. We could even throw in some broccoli, right? We could throw in some cucumbers, right? And we could also throw in some green peas. Just throw those in there for a little bit. But we know that we can throw them in there together because they all have similar ethylene properties. So we know that they won't cause each other to spoil or to ripen more quickly. And when I talk about ethylene, the ethylene is the ripening agent of our protein, right? So we want to make sure we're not causing it to ripen too quickly in our refrigerator, right? But if we have something like our berries, we have our strawberries, right? And then we also have our raspberries, for example. And we know that when we're thinking about our produce in general, we tend to say that we don't want to wash it before because we know that washing off our produce, it causes um, continue to ripen, right? And so we want to make sure that we're not washing it off too soon, but we don't want to, because we don't want to break it down, right? But we also <coughs> want to make sure that when we're placing it, and if we do have to wash it off, say for instance, it's dirty, um, you want to make sure you wash it off and let it dry on a single layer, not in a bundle such as this, right? Because we know that when we group it up into a bundle, it causes it to get a little soggy, right? And we don't want it to be soggy when we're trying to pop it in our mouth especially if we're mixing it in with salad, so to speak. And so we want to make sure we're drying it in a single layer, and we want to place it on its own shelf or on its own crisper, perhaps in a loose bag. And so we know that some people choose not to use plastic, and so if you weren't going to use plastic, right, you would place it in a container. You would keep the container slightly open, right, and put it in a crisper because you don't want it to get moist. Our berries, they don't like moisture, right? And so we want to make sure we're not introducing it into too much moisture and making sure that we're also keeping it safe in a crisper. Right, things like our apples also. We know that these are also ethylene releasers, and so we want to make sure we're placing them in the proper places. So we could also place them in a crisper. We could also place them in one of our plastic bags. So if you had it cut up, for example, that's why I chose two. So we want to make sure we can leave these out on our on our countertop for at least two weeks, right? But we also want to make sure we're looking for molding and breaking down and we can just pop it into our refrigerator. Did you guys 
Yeah, I know the berries and stuff you don't wash them to get rid of What about the apples and stuff? Our apples, right? You can wash the outside, but we tend to just them on the right to keep the and you can cause your fruit to ripen. Got it. Right. And so we can use to our advantage if we don't want to open our fridge and find the food spoiled. And so we went and placed our apples next to our into this drawer, right? And I've done this before, right? I've gone in the refrigerator and had my broccoli open in a bag right next to the apples and the berries, and things are just all mixed up. So we want to make sure we're putting it in a different different drawer so we could place our apples, for example, next to our berries without a problem. Right? But we just want to make sure we're not introducing it to too much air because the air, the light, and the heat, you know, so that's why we want to put them on the counter because the heat causes the soil, right? You know, even when we're placing it into our refrigerator, the moisture also causes it to spoil. Mm. And so we just want to make sure that we're closing it properly but not too much. And then we have our other produce, right? So things that we could eat on the countertop. So things like our bananas or our peppers, right? Or even our tomatoes. And I love that you mentioned tomatoes because tomatoes, we don't want to put them in the refrigerator specifically because it destroys the flavor of our food. So a lot of times when we think about just not placing everything into the refrigerator, we don't want to mess up the flavor, right? We don't want to also mess up the nutrients on our But if you have, to take them to work and use all the tomatoes in one day. You want to chop it up and then place it into the freezer. Right? And then things like our watermelon. So our watermelon, we know that we store it out on our countertop. Right? But we also want to make sure that if we have to put it into our refrigerator, we're just cutting it up into smaller pieces and placing it in a bag and making sure that it's airtight. Right? Or we can also place it into our freezer along with it. Basically, for preservation, be able to have it longer and mm -hmm. put it in the freezer. Yeah. Okay. Because we want to make sure you're not wasting the half of the other portion of the water. Gotcha. We all get one? Yes. Tight. So it's separation between your <laughs> and your cupboard, your, your cabinet, right? And then also things you want to place in your refrigerator or your freezer. Right? And then one thing that I also didn't mention was our lettuce. Right? We know that when we're cutting <coughs> off our lettuce, sometimes we make sure that we're washing it off and then we want to make sure we spin it and place it in a, maybe a plastic bag open in the refrigerator. Right? But we also don't want to just go leave it in there and it just has a lot of water on it. Right? leave them on your countertop as well by putting them in a cup of water and cutting them out of ink. There's plenty of options. Thank you. Does anyone else have suggestions? Wait, wait. So I don't have to put it in the fridge. I can leave it on the counter. <laughs> I tend, to I tend to just put it in my crisper at that point, but um, if it's uh, things like herbs or um, 
like cilantro um, and because lettuce is a delicate green but other types of greens like spinach you could put in a cup and it'll be fine but since lettuce is so, um, tends to wilt really quickly you can put it in a crisper but other types of greens you can just do that on the counter even if it's store-bought Got most of the equipment done. 
Well, that would be something that will help Marcus Street. Um, Daniel Freeman's project is moving along. Uh, that's the housing project. So uh, I'm not sure when he's going to break ground, but they've already started taking trees out. So they're, they're moving right along with that. they got to start tearing it down. So I would assume within the next month or so they'll be uh, tearing the, the hospital, whole hospital down. So things in the city are moving well. Uh, we're in good financial shape. So we'll see. So uh, with that, I'll turn up the air. <laughs> Always. So um, some of you were here before when we talked, and uh, those of you that weren't, we are going to have a day of service on November 18th. Uh, we are going to block off all of Market Street going up to Regent. Uh, we're going to wrap all the trees with lights. Okay. That's being donated to us. Um, so we're going to try to provide some entertainment, uh, grab some pizzas and, and waters for the guys that are going to be doing work. Hopefully that's going to encourage the other businesses that are out here on market to come up and, you know, just clean up, clean up the front of their properties. And we're all going to be out there. So it will truly be a day of service so that it gives you the feeling of community again. And that's the ultimate goal for trying to get back on Market Street is community. I know you guys look for the city to take care of the properties in the front on the streets and things like that. But as an owner, manager, whatever, you know, you want to do your part as well to try to upkeep that building. And it attracts attention if your building is clean. We're still just coming the first quarter of next year. You know, that will generate money for Market Street. And, you know, hopefully that as that ground break happens, um, it will attract other people into the city because a lot of people are just waiting to see. And, you know, we've talked a few times. Everybody's waiting for somebody to pull the trigger. Well, the trigger's been pulled. There's a big hole sitting over there on Prairie already. So that trigger's pulled. You just have to be able to sustain yourself, and I understand that. I don't want anybody to set themselves up for failure. Because if you fail, I feel like I failed too because I've encouraged you to come here to the city. I don't want that to happen to anybody. So we're going to keep pushing. We're going to keep trying to make Market Street that place that it used to be and better. And we have that potential. And, uh, you know, with everything going on, you know everybody's trying to come to Inglewood now. Everybody's coming here. Everybody's got questions. All the developers are coming here. It, it's going to happen. It's, it's just a time. No, it's just that uh, as a local business owner, uh, even though we, as I look around the auditorium, there's a lot of shop owners that are not here. And I would encourage you guys that are here now to encourage the other ones to come and hear what the councilman has to say and what the president of the chamber has to say because it can be, be encouraging to them and give them some incentive. We can't do our jobs unless you tell us <coughs> what you want. It's like the councilman said. He's here to listen to what you want. So if we have an idea of what you want on Market Street, then we'll try and find a way to implement it or get it started or whatever, but we need the help of the business owners. You business owners, you have a large voice, a very powerful voice in, in, to the council, and he does listen. But you need to encourage others to attend these meetings um, because as he goes around, well, I didn't know about it. Nobody told me. These are the things that <clears throat> we hear from other owners. Oh, nobody told me the things, but you guys, you have the communications. Please encourage the other business owners to come. So well, Charles, there's, there's certainly ample opportunity for the business owners to, to know what's going on and mm -hmm. get invited to this, this meeting. I mean, we do put out the word. I don't think there's really any great life of that, but yet there's not a lot of participation. So what do you think is the reason they don't come? Well, the thing we found, I mean, 
began was uh, a lot of, I guess you would call it apathy uh, about nothing's going to change, you know, um, and why get involved and, you know, I'm, I'm running my business and then there's no sense of, of community or getting involved in making something happen, except the guys that are here and there's the guys that are making things happen. <clears throat> but honestly, I don't know, because that's what we've run into for the three years that we've been trying to energize these uh, and guys. we've talked about this several Yeah, times. yeah, yeah, exactly. But we certainly let them know that uh, what's going on if they read the read now. Right. <laughs> if. Yeah, that's right, sir. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Larry Johnson. I think a couple of people know me. So I've only been over here for about two months. And since being here, I'm, my business is advertising design, so I'm, I'm a kind of a visionary, creative type of person. So what I've done is I've walked down the street and just knock on people's doors and kind of get into the business to see what they do and try and introduce myself. But one thing I've found out in conversation is that um, a lot of people are kind of insular and they're so focused on just opening their doors, keeping their doors open for a day, make a couple of bucks, and that's about it. Oh. And not in the mindset of thinking larger, even though they're aware of all the changes that should happen, they're neither prepared for the change and the transition, which are gonna inevitably take place whether they like it or not, or they don't have the vision, or they're not clued into seeing the vision. And being in the career field that I'm in, I'm used to having to illustrate the vision for people when I'm performing my service because I'm a professional service. Sometimes it takes me to spend my time and energy, what you think would work here, that when we go to, to conferences like that, uh, we can look for that. I can look for that. Uh, like Coffee Bean and whoever else, um, the Dropbox. Uh, because all those types of businesses are there because they're looking for a place to go to. So um, don't don't hesitate giving us whatever it is that you think. It, no matter what it is, it's Superman. And we can go and chop it, you know, and, and we, we, we could try to get it. So, uh, yeah. to, to, to your point, um, and to kind of connect some of these dots that I'm hearing, I'm like starting with what you're saying, like, um, you know, Hollywood Park is going to be what it's going to be and kind of bringing the family vibe here. Yes. And then thinking about what the gentleman was saying about uh, uh, the idea of helping to, I guess, modernize some of the thinking around how to do business in the city. Uh, you know, what what would it look like to, to have the chamber and the city partner together around like business incubation, like to help the businesses that exist prepare for the 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 new economy that's about to come to Inglewood to be able to be ready for it. Now everybody's not gonna take advantage of something say, like that. Right you guys are saying everybody's not gonna take advantage of it. <laughs> but even even for businesses that are in this room, like just to be to, to have the the mindset. I think the city is already taking a step in that direction with working with the Bruxton uh, group and and taking a look at what retail looks like and what are the viabilities and what do you need to do in order to make those things happen to make your business more viable, right? But, but like taking that step even further of saying, okay, now that we know this information, here are like here's a maybe like a, a ten class series, you know, for you to go through to be able to increase uh, the the probability of you being able to have that, like you know, how to do um, marketing and what does marketing look like for your business or. You know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of throwing this out there just so, as an idea so of something to kind of formulize that process. The chamber does uh, what's called the Learning Institute. Mm -hmm. And with the Learning Institute, we reach out to different people to teach different classes like that. So, and we do them quarterly, and maybe we need to do them a little bit more frequent. But we'll hit different areas, whether it be financial, this, that, the other. And, uh, but we have the same situation that we're having here right now. So you can put it out, you can market as much mm -hmm. as you want to. People only want to come to what they want to come to. Those same people that don't show up are the same people 
that holler and scream and kick the most. Yeah. Yeah. Our, uh, you cannot complain if you don't want to be a part of the solution. Mm -hmm. We're here. Absolutely. And we are definitely willing to be there to help with whatever needs to be done because just like this is you guys' community, this is our community too. We Absolutely. all live here. Mm -hmm. And we want to see it flourish. The, the classes you're talking about, is that, op is that open for um, open That's for anybody, anybody interested in? Okay. Most things I do are open to everybody. Cool. Is it, what, how can like, we find out about those things when they happen so that we can website. get it Go on, just on the website? website okay. Or stop by my office and give one of the ladies your business yeah. card and have them put you in the system. No doubt, because I, I would like to promote that out because I know there's others like potential business owners in the city who have ideas of what they want to do but need to learn the process of doing business. So if the chamber's already providing that. Anytime, yeah. get on my calendar, let me know what they're interested in or okay. if you want to talk about their business and we can go from there. Duly noted. Now we just hired a new economic development manager. I was hoping to get her here with me tonight, but um, she teaches a college class on Wednesday night. So I might have to change the next on Thursday. To a, a, yeah, on a night that she can come. Okay. Uh, because she is going to be one of the kids along with Eric. Well, what's what's her name? Sharon. Sharon. Yeah, I think I Sharon's last name. Yeah. <laughs> All I know is Sharon. Okay. But I'll, I'll, I'll get it to you. Give me your uh, your card tonight and I'll email it to you. Sure. Okay. Yes, sir. Um, have you investigated Market Street Wi-Fi? We, we've talked about that as well. So, so a couple things with Market Street. That's one of them. We're looking at that. We're looking at um, possibly doing a blanket SUP on Market Street for entertainment to try to help encourage to bring other businesses down here to make this like an entertainment district, which is Yeah, a different group. Uh, much younger, no, not ready yet to rent a space, 
I'm okay. looking to start building a brand and an identity. So we and this is this person doing it. The farmers market. No, I talked to those kids. Those yeah. kids, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're working. But I think the farmers market's a great first step. It it would be good for them to come there, mm -hmm. be here and meet people, and that, that's a really cool idea about getting you know local community to organically grow a business and use the farmers market as a forum. It's all about creating relationships. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Cool. Well, I mean, it, we you know the things some of the things that we've kicked around is like building out the farmers market by adding music and adding art and we've got a couple of outstanding galleries and Kanum, you know just really articulated very well about us all working together uh if we can create an event a regular event here with farmers market and maybe art and music and whatnot as in a real attractor uh, every couple of weeks uh, that would go a long way to maybe every quarter so you want to set up like a, a block party type event? Well, and, yeah, and you all were mentioning, um, you know, bringing a block party event, family event here. The, yeah, family day at the park will be we all family kinda, day block party. Yeah, pull our resources and our ideas and, and, and put something here, whether maybe it's quarterly. Maybe it is every once a month uh, or, or it becomes a regular thing. Is, is that possible? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, go. The first year we had a band. Yes. And it was a band that I put together. And the three of us funded it. You know, and it wasn't that expensive. It was expensive, expensive for us to fund it, but uh, just a little bit of, it wasn't even $500. Great bands. Guitar player played with Michael Jackson actually on, on tour. And they brought that kind of entertainment to the street. People loved it. People stayed together, got a little bigger and a little bigger. And that was a real cheap. I know this episode is really long and that's because I wanted to give you a glimpse of the full day of the types of things that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis as we work to create change in this community. Um, changing people's individual lives all the way to systems change uh, citywide and things that uh, will be impactful to community members uh, all across the city. People who live here, work here, work outside of here and just want to create their legacy and the longevity of their family here and so there's a lot of conversations that come with that but as you can see um even though we we push for an inclusive agenda there are the powers that be that do not see the world the same way that we do and so it's an uphill battle all the time it's not about money that solves things it's not about uh just having the power over people that solves things it's really galvanizing uh the regular day-to-day -day folks here to be a part of something special to push for something special so that we can have a vision of the future that includes all of us not just some of us um, so I, I really appreciate you for listening in hey man we're going to keep the party going and keep doing what we do there's a lot of great things happening uh today we're going to be preparing uh for and community health well community health forum that we're doing with state senator holly mitchell that's happening tomorrow uh so i may not you know get it in too much today because uh there's just so much to do but hey man that's just the nature of the beast you gotta keep the party going keep doing what you do keep making change uh, and that's how you build legacy y'all have a great day enjoy this friday and uh, take care of business all right peace